right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris Sims. to shush when we were having a conversation about our past lives and how we died. How dare you? This is a very existential conversation to start off the Sims and Lepko Podcast. I need like four seconds of silence per day from the two of you, and it's right before the mics go on for this podcast. Yeah, so. you know what? Well, that's, that's all I ask for. I don't ask for much. All right. Well, we're not delivering. I know, apparently. <laughs> Episode 38 of the Sims and Lefko podcast. I'm going to let Josh give his 38 first. The heck with Josh. 38, Kurt Schilling, baby. 38. Or TJ Carey, corner slash safety for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, then screw Josh. I'm going to go EJ Biggers, current cornerback of uh-huh. the Philadelphia Eagles. But also, you know who I'm thinking of? Mike Anderson, back from the Denver Broncos with the salute. Yeah, that's a good Dude one. Dude Rock 38. That. Who what do you got, Sandrick? Kwame Brown when he was on the Pistons. <laughs> How do we not go <laughs> Kwame Brown right off the bat there? And Kwame was what, the number one pick for Jordan and the Kwame Wizards? Kwame was yeah. the number one pick the same year that Tyson Chandler went up. Oh, Chandler right, right. And Eddie... Um, Eddie. Eddie, the guy that Eddie went to the, the Knicks. Eddie Curry. Oh, Eddie Curry. Eddie Curry. Curry. That's right, yeah. uh, we do not have Gabe, so in fact you're getting a Pellegrino finger display. Oh, that Ooh. hand is so much and cleaner. Look, do you see oh, the wedding ring? He's married. Uh, it's enough finger. Uh, yeah, you know what? Congratulations, Mrs. Pellegrino. You're awesome. Uh, let's see the control room, please. Some beautiful faces in there. Oh, look at him. Oh, there we go. We got George back. Oh, I man. see Steinmetz back there. He's trying to hide. And I see Paul back again. It's Paul's, a good time. Yes. Yeah, Paul, Paul wasn't hiding behind the computer this week. He's not drinking any uh, tea bags? Tea bags. Uh, we are headed into week 10. Uh, a very cool, uh, this is to me one of the most special podcast guests that we've had because it came out of nowhere. Paul Kaplan, shout out to you. But let me break it down. First off, why are the Giants Belichick's Achilles heel? We're going to get to that in a little bit. Thomas Davis, the man that took Chris Sims' spleen, is going <laughs> to be our podcast guest. It's a, it's an interesting conversation, and we've had a lot of Twitter questions building up the last few weeks. We're going to get to that. Uh, it's interesting. I thought the NFL week, the last week, we're starting to see the Fugazis step out. Right. I'm starting to worry now about the Atlanta Falcons sure. as they're starting to drop games. Right. I'm starting to worry about the Green Bay Packers, which I, I'm going to say this right now. What is wrong with you people? I don't understand why you guys, it's taken the American population so long to get over the Green Bay Packers and realize they have flaws. I, I don't know why it's taken so long for you guys to realize the Carolina Panthers are a good football team. And when I say you guys, I don't mean the loyal listeners of the Simpson Lefko podcast. You are apparently very educated. But I watch national TV all the time, and yeah. the, the Carolina Panthers, I guess they're for real. What have you been watching? Well, and nobody wants to talk about it, too, because they're a small market team. I mean, even us at Bleach Report, we fall into that spell a little bit, too. We're like, oh, Carolina, it's not a huge market. Uh, so I do think they get pushed under the radar from that standpoint. And then Green Bay is a national team. Everybody wants the media markets. Everybody wants them to be good. The NFL wants them to be good. Yeah. And then everybody's blinded by Aaron Rodgers. It's That's crazy. Really all well, it comes the thing is, is we're going to start off here talking about Rex Ryan and IK. How do you say his name? I- I- and Polly. Say it again, Josh. Polly. Yes. And that's what's funny is we talk about East Coast bias. We talk about grabbing attention. Yep. Rex Ryan making IK the captain. Um, just from a football player. Right. It's interesting that this isn't we're not finding out the game like he walks out. We are now six days prepared for IK to be a captain. Right. If you are in the Jets locker room, does this impact you in any way? 
You know, really, it doesn't. I mean, other than maybe you're having a conversation about, oh, look at Rex. But those guys know how Rex works. I don't right. think it's going to be such a big story to them as maybe another team. If Gino was starting. That would be a little different. Yes, okay. that would be. And I think that would maybe get the Jets locker room a little fired up. I'm sure, that, sure there's going to be guys there that are fired up in general nonetheless. But I, you know, listen, this is some of the things I like about Rex. This is a little bit of gamesmanship. I don't mind it. Yeah, he probably feels like, hey, if I can get IK out on the field and just maybe distract them a little bit through the week, they're talking about how we're going to get back at IK on the yeah. field or whatever it is, Gino. But, but do NFL players even care who the captains are? No, for the most part, they really don't, no. You've uh, been a captain before, uh, I'm sure. Yeah, for some games. I, I do think, you know, it is nice to have that C on your jersey. Okay. I mean, because then you're being looked doesn't at. doesn't impact your paycheck. No, it does not impact your okay. paycheck. But it, it does impact the fact of, you know, Players are respecting you because usually most teams vote on it. Gotcha, uh, but apparently Rex just picks his. Rex seems to pick his. I bet you Rex has some that are voted on, and then he picks one every week for a game game gotcha, captain of the week. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Right. So it feels good. Yes, it does. It feels good to be be out there, go but out the there and do it. the overall impact of him doing this? This means just about nothing. I think the only thing is, look, we saw Rex Ryan with a Clemson helmet on. It's the things we love about Rex in the media because no other coaches are doing this. Right. But at the same time, you look at the Belichicks, and it's, I mean, you just compare it, and it's like, they don't play if, those you're games. So, if you're thinking about these ways to get in people's heads, well, what else are you not thinking about? Sure, right. You, you know, that, that's when you just start to doubt Rex, because if you're winning, these things are hilarious. Yes. But when you don't win, everyone can just throw it back in your face. Right. And, Chris, and, and, you what know, about this from the Bills side also? Because Adam asked you about the Jets, yeah. but did the Bills players care? Yeah, I was just going to go there with that, too. And you got to remember, he did this before, too, with Kevin O'Connell. My, yeah, Miami Dolphins. Right. I, I, yeah, I was going to say Kevin O'Connell when New England released him. The Jets picked him up, and they made Kevin O'Connell the sole captain for the game, so right. he went out there. That's what he does. Uh, I think as a t- uh, guys that are playing for Rex Ryan, they actually, uh, especially the new Rex Ryan, first year, they're still learning the ways of Rex. They're going to like this. They're going to be like, oh, you know, I like our coach. He's gives us a little edge. You know, he's kind of a trash talker, Rex, that way. Uh, everything is all in the up and up when things are going good for Rex, but I do think it can fall on deaf ears very quickly when things go bad. You get sick of the act to a degree. Yeah. And I do think there would probably be some veteran players in a locker room. You know, okay, this is our second year with Rex Ryan. We're not going to make the playoffs again. Yes. I'm kind of sick of, like you said, all the bull crap. Maybe he could be spending time worrying about the game plan, like right. you're, the point you're making. Yeah. So I do think I like it, but you have to win to be able to continue to do that. All I'm going to say is the, the Bills, they won last week. And now they're emotionally unstable. Sounds like another Rex Ryan loss after a win. Yeah, it could be. It just, that's just what it sounds like to me. Or it can be all of a sudden they come out on an emotional high and they're crazy. Uh, the one thing I do think we need to talk about, I mean, this game, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be – it's the marquee game of the weekend, I think. Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thursday night football. Those two teams, I mean, they're going to kill each other. They really are. This is two of the more physical teams in football. Yes. And the Jets – always rely on overpowering people. They cannot just say we're going to overpower Buffalo. Uh, the One of the other games that I feel like has been the game that defines this millennium is the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick taking on the New York Giants. Right. Mainly because the New York Giants have been such underdogs in all of these affairs, yeah. yet they seem to challenge Bill Belichick. Belichick coached with the Giants under Parcells. Right. What is it about this franchise 
that with whether it's Coughlin or Eli that just seems to give Belichick supreme problems. Well, I think I think you know we're we're obviously talking about the two Super Bowl losses, right? I mean, those are the sure. ones that jump out to your head, right? The right Giants away. also almost beat the Patriots that year in the regular season too. Well, and, and uh, I, I do think they they actually beat them one year in the regular season up in New England, if I can't if I remember correctly, right? Bubbles, you remember that? Yeah, last touchdown it was twenty eleven. It was the same year. Uh, so, but I think the thing that drives, first of all, we have to recognize the 2007 Giants team that upset New England in the Super Bowl, that team was really good. They Stacked. were every bit as good as the New England Patriots. But the one thing Tom Coughlin teams do, uh, maybe not as creative of Bill Belichick or a Josh McDaniels on the offensive side, but they play sound football. I know you've heard me say this before. Yeah. They really don't beat themselves. Uh, and that's kind of what they did in both of those playoff runs. Uh, and then also, you look at that 2011 team, I think the Giants were the better football team, mm. plain and simple. I think New England got, got there with smoke and mirrors. <laughs> yeah, so, so Chris Sims, uh, we've talked about this before, he has a problem with phrases. This week he used smoking mirrors, which right. for people out there it's smoke and mirrors. You haven't seen a mirror smoke. I don't know. You're not. You're missing out. But uh, I know you also have a problem with play it by ear. Play it by year. I went at least the first 20 or 32 years of my life Do you think there's anything, year. though, with Belichick and the Giants that is nostalgic or that he wants to win more? Uh, yes, I do. I think Bill, you do. I do. I think Bill Belichick has more respect for the New York Giants than any other team in football, and especially the Mara family. Uh, and I think you can even see that. You ever watch the Belichick football life? Yes. He goes back to old Giants Stadium. He almost sheds a tear in the in the hallways, going, "Man, a lot of old memories here." And yeah. he's thinking about it. Uh, oh, he also. I also saw one where he was being interviewed with like sound bites with Bill Belichick, and he he went to his son, right? And he was there at the New York Giants. He said, "What's crazy is it's all the same people when I left 20 years ago. Yes. It's all these same guys, right?" And which is he, what he has done too, for the most part, up in he New England. He loves consistency. He keeps them all there. They don't get out. They don't sh- share his secrets. But this is Mr. Gonna, Bill Belichick. This yes. is I am unfazed by the exterior. Yeah. I so th- what about it? Yeah, I think I think it's of course just where he grew up, being a part of a. Uh, the Giants are certainly one of the five best organizations in the NFL. Uh, so I do think there's just some sentimental value to it. I think he realizes this city loves football here in New York City. I think it's one of the few places he would actually think about going to coach. I was just going to ask you, and things, I can, I'm glad you went there. If things went, if, if he just said, hey, you know what, New England, it's run its course, Tom Brady's going to retire, maybe Tom I Tom Coughlin knew, leaves. Yeah, maybe I need a, just a new so fresh start. So you're telling start, me that I think if the be, Mara family called Belichick, if Coughlin were to leave in a year, two years, three years, he would listen. I do think it would be one would team he would listen. Would he listen to anyone else? I, I really can't imagine that he would. I, I mean, he's a New Even Englander. Even Belichick answering the phone call is interesting. He would have a pure respect for the Mara family, and I do, like I said, and I don't know this. It's not like I've asked Bill this. Bill would tell me to, you know, kiss my ass and get out of my face. Yeah, write that down. Um, so, that I mean, he would literally not answer that question. But I just do, I have that feeling from being around him, uh, the things I've heard even my dad say. Yeah. And then, of course, just the interviews I've seen when I talk about the Giants, such as me connecting lines. Just so interesting when you think about these football coaches or football players that deep down inside of them, they still have a franchise or a person that they want to be associated with or yes, want to play with. right. Because you think Belichick has it all, but when Brady's gone and Coughlin's gone, I know. Oh, it can be interesting. Right. Oh, but I don't man. That, ain't, that ain't ended anytime soon. Tom Brady's you know, he's gonna be there for a while. I think he's got looks like he's playing like he's got five more years. Tom left. Brady has a throwing motion. I know we did the whole Peyton Manning thing a few weeks ago. Tom Brady has a motion that will last the test of time. 
And now that he's fixed some of his down-the-field woes and throwing the football, yeah. yeah, he's throwing the ball every bit as good as he was in 2007 when he was the best quarterback in football. Talking about quarterback play doesn't get better for a young quarterback right now than Derek Carr. Woo. I mean, the dude is slinging it right now. Another monster performance to get the Steelers if you take away his late pick in the end zone, yes. which was kind of out of nowhere. It was. Other than that, he's been fantastic. Uh, great against the Jets. Right. A good, was it the Chargers three weeks ago? Yes, right. Uh, really good then. And it's interesting that he's taking on Teddy Bridgewater. Right. That draft, Bortles has been better, right. but not as good as these two. Right. Johnny Manziel, we're not even discussing him anymore. Of course. Teddy was the late pick, the trade-up pick with Seattle right. getting there, and Derek Carr was the second rounder. Yes. How much better is Derek Carr than Teddy Bridgewater right now? I, I, because I think, we watched yeah. Vikings-Rams, right? and I don't even think Teddy's close. No, and I just watched Oakland, Oakland's offense against Pittsburgh's defense, and I, I wrote notes here in my little notebook and you all that. Want to read your notes? Show, well, I mean, show everybody your process. Well, I just, so I, he watches film, right. and then he writes in his composition notebook. And it's I'll just nearly write filled. Eagles, Jets, whatever, whoever it is, and I just write my notes. So, yeah, I got Steelers, uh, of course, Raiders. Steelers, Raiders here, and one of the things I wrote about uh, Carr, just the fact that every game I come away going, man, he made five or six unreal throws. Mm. Like, I don't care, like, second-year quarterback, like, I'm impressed. Like, no, five unreal throws for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, whoever it may be. Yeah. He is phenomenal. He has only gotten better since last year. And now that they have a few weapons around him, he is – what did we make him, number 11 in our quarterback yeah, power rankings 11, last yeah. week? He's going to be in the top ten this week. I don't care. It's guaranteed after watching that film. Wow. Uh, but, yes, he has gotten better. And Teddy, uh, Teddy honestly, has gotten a little worse since last year, in my opinion. I, I do think he plays the politics of the position a little bit. What do you mean by a that? A little bit of a Charlie check down. Guys open downfield. It might be close. He could probably squeeze it in there. And he goes, ah, I'll just throw the check down and get the completion. But, Teddy, that would have been a 40-yard gain. Yeah, maybe a throw an interception, but he's leaving yards on the field, and it's hurting their offense right now, uh, the conservative nature of his play. And then his throwing in general, it's an issue. He's got a very low elbow. He loses control of the football. And, I, uh, and you know, call me crazy, i got a problem with the damn glove, too. I'm sick of the glove. You know, the glove, he's a six-round pick. He puts the glove on, and he's the last pick of the first round. I mean, that's basically what it was. I mean, nobody wanted him. Here, here's my question. I know. Beyond the glove, which I right. think is cute, and I think it's weird. I'm sick of quarterbacks wearing gloves. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's You have a cheating. personal issue. It's cheating. Uh, but in terms of, of Teddy Bridgewater, why, why do you think people love him so much? I, and I, I was the kind of person that I was around him in college. Right. I covered him at Louisville. Incredible person, made some incredible plays, and yes. I think that he has potential there. Right, right. But why do you think he has such defenders? Yeah, I, I know you're right. People constantly defend him, I, I, and I like him too. I mean, I like the way he handles himself in front of the podium. You could tell he's a leader Talk on, about the him on the field. I will, but then that goes onto the field. I mean, onto the field, he, he's got great pocket presence. His ability to, you know. Make a play with his spin move, break a tackle, yes. and find somebody scrambling, addling. All that is phenomenal. Uh, he sees the field pretty well as well as a decision maker, but he's extremely conservative. And, yes, I, I don't really understand. I think really it's because of his attitude off the field and that he is a professional as far as work ethic and things like that. Everybody gives him the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. But I do think you're kind of seeing now – uh, yeah, even Minnesota, I think, is starting to say, like, we need him to play a little bit better. The coddling phase has to be done with at some point. And I think they were seeing that a lot with some of the young quarterbacks in football right now, like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I told you this year, I see them week one against the Raiders. I could tell right away, like, the, 
oh, we'd like Andy to be a leader. Like, all that was done. It was like, no, he better play really good this year, and then we get to the playoffs, and he better play really good again, mm. or this is going to be over. That's what their attitude was this year. Yeah. And here's Andy Dalton lining it up. It, we coddle the young guys a little too much right now in society because we're like, oh, we drafted in the first round. we got to make it work. we got to make it see, work. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we're constantly seeing Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater start right Blake away. Blake Bortles would have been benched four times if, he play, if any other quarterback played like this, but they're not going to bench him because he's the third pick of the draft. Yeah, I just think the Ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger changed the way we treat sure. first-year quarterbacks. Sure. And then Aaron Rodgers was a lone exception now of the guys that really wait anymore. Right. I mean, the odds of you being a first-round quarterback and not getting thrown out there right away yes. is not that high. I guess my thing with Teddy, and I said this to you before, being around him, at in Louisville for the last two years, protect the football, let the defense win the right. game. That's what he was told, and that's what he did. Right. Vikings, really good defense, Adrian Peterson. Protect the football, win the game. Teddy is a really good executor of that philosophy. Yes. It's what coaches have now been telling him for three, four years. Right. I just think he's taking it too far. Yes. And it Agreed. goes to me with his original statement before the season of wanting to be a 70% completion right. percentage. That was, that was trouble. That was red flags to my, both of us. We here, were both like, oh, Here's no. my issue. I went into our media lab where they come with like a lot of funny stuff, and right. so one of them goes, "Hey, like I hear, I hear Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick have the same stats. Cam Newton's not that good." And I got angry, and then I started to watch people last night. Jay Cutler throws a pick six, and it's like Cutlering hashtag Cutler's the worst hashtag Cutler's the worst, and I'm like. When Aaron Rodgers throws a pick, it's he's got no help, and wow, he really can't do him by himself. But then when like guys that people like if Andy Dalton throws a pick, it'd be like Dalton's the worst. We we have this scope that like we have like an identity of someone, and we can never change. And I, I think the thing with Teddy is it's like you like Teddy. Because he's not making mistakes. But you don't like Cam because he's trying to win the football game and he's putting the ball in dangerous situations. Right. Call me crazy. I want a quarterback that's trying to win a football game, yes. not a quarterback that's afraid of losing a football right. game. And that's how you're going to win the Super Bowl. you got to have a quarterback that's going to attack. Yeah. It, it, and Defending I, and, Cam, to your point, is... So That's been my knock on Andy Dalton is it's been like beep, 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 but now he's starting to throw the ball. Right. I just think our society is weird with how we look at quarterbacks. We, pile we, on we, we, we love the quarterbacks that protect the ball, and we, we jump all over the ones that take a shot. Yeah, that's I the know. point. I thought you loved Brett Favre. Right. I thought that's what you loved about right. him. Yeah. Grab your ears and go, USA. Oh, man. USA. Uh, yeah, how far, how far away is Thomas Davis? Uh, Thomas is actually ready to go. So I is think, he really? Uh, we can say hello to Thomas and get this going. Okay, we almost got awesome. the Cromartie treatment. But, Sims, you want to get your IFB in? I am. Uh, I'm going to put it in. So you can hear what he says. Can, we get, can we get a control room shot, Cam? Did I go Did I go too hard there? Was that unpro- un- uh, like unprofessional? Okay, good. That's the correct response. <laughs> What'd you say, Cam? We couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, my God. I got so heated right there. That was bad. It was, was it okay? Yeah, I, it was good. I'm glad you did it. All and, right, cool. Uh, yeah, you literally got heated. All right, you I'm guys can sick. say hi to Thomas. Thomas Davis joining us on the Sims of Left Go podcast. There he is in his car, balling out, man of the year, uh-huh. undefeated Carolina Panthers. So, Thomas, I just went on a, on a rant because I don't understand people on TV People that are not giving you guys credit, you're the perfect example. You guys have been good the entire year. We've been on this podcast for the last six weeks going, this is a true Super Bowl contender, and yet people are surprised you beat the Packers. Are you guys at all confused in the walls why you're not getting more respect than you currently are? 
I know we're okay with it. We get it. We understand we're not in a big market. We're not America's favorite team, mm. but it's okay with us. We're going to keep going out. We're going to keep playing for each other. We're going to keep playing games as a team, and hopefully we'll keep getting victories. Uh, Man, is he on his phone? Or the yes. picture is phenomenal, and I like that he's in his car too. Very private setting, Thomas Davis. Uh, Thomas, I've had a lot going on this morning. We um, actually went to the Salvation Army um, Second Harvest Food Bank, and we went and packed 2,000 bags for some needy families this morning, and I haven't had a chance to get back home yet. You are the man. I know. That's why you are the man right there. You're always doing something good. See, you know what? That's why Thomas Davis gives back, but he also takes away. You take my spleen. Did you know that? Have you seen my scar? Look at that scar right there. There we go. Right there. Damn. See, I used to have a six-pack, too, but I don't anymore because of you. We have never talked since that. I don't think I've ever gotten to see you walking off a field or anything. Uh, Of course, that was basically the end of my career. Um, I remember that game. Yeah, I I do remember that game. I mean, that was a hot day, Tampa, Florida. Uh, I don't know if you remember the play, but I've told the people here, uh, Chris Jenkins hits me from behind as I'm going to throw the ball out of bounds. And then, of course, Thomas Davis puts his helmet right in my midsection. Uh, and then, yeah, I lost a lot of blood, almost died. And uh, then we didn't even win the game. That's what drives me crazy more. Hey, I heard about that after the game, man. And, hey, I still want to apologize to you to this day. And, <laughs> no, it wasn't intentional. Just know that. I know it wasn't intentional. I would never doubt that with you. And I know it's also the price of doing business. So don't feel bad for me. Just keep, you know, whooping other quarterbacks. That makes me just as happy when I see you hit them as hard as you hit me. I got you. We'll keep getting after them for uh, sure. All right, good. That made me feel really good. <laughs> that, was, that was some good stuff. I can't believe I showed my belly on the that podcast. Really That's funny. even worse. Uh, we were laughing about Cam ripping down the banner. We thought it was awesome. We thought it was even ten times more awesome that all you guys were going on Twitter and being like, no, I told him to take it down. I told him to take it down. What's it like when the face of the franchise quarterback is saying, you know what, get this stuff out of my house. Does that, did that fire you guys up at all? Oh, you definitely fired us up. You know, that's, that's real disrespectful for it to be down that low and, you know, in eyes view. But I'm I'm definitely behind Cam and everything that he did. And, you know, he's our starting quarterback. So there's not a whole lot of things that he gonna, he's going to do on the field that I'm not going to be behind him with. Where does he stand in the MVP race right now? Um, if you ask me, he's the lead vote getter. He should be because what he's been able to do with our offense has been truly amazing this season. All right, I got a a little two-part question for you. One, because I've heard DeMarcus Ware talk about how Von Miller motivates him across Mm -hmm. the line of scrimmage. Does Luke, you know, you're an older guy, been around football. Does Luke Keekley motivate you? And then, of course, Adam and I both would say you're the, you guys are the best duo at linebacker in football. Nickel defense, you two are the best there is. Unreal. But I would like to know, in your opinion, who is another duo that you would say is, you know, up there with you guys or at least that you have a great respect for? Without hesitation, um, I'm going I'm to go Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. Right. I think those two guys are, are phenomenal players. Um, I love watching film on those guys. The way they go out and play the game, it really reminds me a lot of me and Luke. And then, and then right. you asked about Keekly motivating you. Do you guys push each other like that? Oh, every day. Every day. It's not just on Sundays. We do it throughout the week at practice. We're trying to be, we're trying to see who can be the first one to get to the ball, who can be the first one to catch the interception, whatever it may be. We're just trying to compete and doing it. All right, let me ask you this. What does Keekly do better than you, and what do you do better than Luke? Man, you know, I think we just work well together. I think it's sort of like a relationship. We just complete each other. 
Oh, like oh that was a nice that answer. Was oh, completion. <laughs> um, you complete me. I have a question. It's What's funny about you guys is Cam is somehow this polarizing figure to the to the population that I don't understand. I, I think he's very sincere and he's a leader, but a lot of people think he's fake. Has Cam changed since he first got there, or has he always been the same? Um, Cam has definitely changed a lot since he first got here. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with him being a much more mature player right now. Um, he understands the NFL a lot better than he did when he first came in. And it's more about, you know, doing things that are going to help this team win football games and doing things to make him a more complete player with Cam right now. And that's and that's who he is and that's who we would come to love. Did he follow someone's lead or did someone go and say to him, listen, this is how the league works? Um, I don't, I'm not real sure who he talked to, but I'm happy he talked to him, and he's grown up so much since he's since day one to where he is now. Hey, um, okay, so my producer—they're telling they want you to—they want your face better in the uh, camera, so make sure we can see you nice and pretty, because we we yep, there we go, awesome, you the man. And then the other thing, um, I guess uh, I've lost my train of thought now. Totally, it's okay. Uh, uh, I'll go with this. Go ahead, Josh Norman. I talked with Charles Tillman this week. Killing it. Killing it. He went out there and got in the fight with Cam preseason. Did you already know, or was that sort of the – I mean, this kid's got some guts on him to go and challenge Cam like this. Man, Josh Norman is, Josh Norman is a fiery competitor, and I'm pretty sure that you guys have seen that by now. And he's the guy that always wants to win, and Cam is the same way. So whenever you have an opportunity, you know, to pick him off, and Josh did that – um, it's gonna tempers are gonna flare. You know, we was in the middle of training camp, so it kind of got heated. But those guys still love each other. We're all still brothers, and we're going out and we're competing at a high level together. Thomas, you know, I know Ron Rivera didn't give you guys victory Monday this week because he said, you know, he wanted a few details figured out. Uh, you guys have, you guys are of course one of the best defenses of football, but you have led up two big fourth quarter leads. Uh, the last two games against the Colts and the Green Bay Packers. What, you know, after watching the film, kind of what do you attribute? I know you're in somewhat prevent mode, but what do you attribute maybe kind of letting both, uh, both teams' offenses get back in the game? You know, we, we're trying to figure it out right now. It's something that we got to work on as a defense. We have to be better than we have the last two weeks. We can't allow teams to get back into the games after, we, after we've done so well in the first three quarters. So we just got to do a much better job than we've done. You guys, speaking of just doing a better job, maybe it's that simple, but your roster is pretty much the same as years past, but what's different about this team? I think guys have grown up. You know, we have younger guys that have gotten game experiences, and everybody's gotten better, and that's what it boils down to. You have to be you – you have to have experience in this league, and you have to have enough veterans sprinkled in to help the younger guys, and I think that's, that's the way we've, we're built as a team, and that's the way we have been able to get things done. With, with with Shaq Thompson being a first-round pick and he's having to make the adjustment like you did coming out of Georgia, safety to linebacker, uh, what, what, what's, the, what's the toughest adjustment doing that, uh, or at least in your opinion or maybe what you're seeing through Shaq right now, just making that adjustment from safety to linebacker? Um, make, sure, hey, being... make sure you get yourself in the middle of that screen. we got to see you. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> 
I think without a doubt, it's definitely being closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, at safety, you have more free range where you can come down and you're the free hitter. But now at, at linebacker, you have to take on the offensive linemen. You have to take on fullbacks a lot more. So that's the biggest difference, along with the speed of the game, with the linemen being as fast as they are. It's an adjustment that a player has to go through, and I think Shaq has done a good job. Yeah, just getting used to playing in the box more and not being able to use space and athleticism always to your advantage, I guess is what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, you faced all three. Who requires your – I mean, look, you're going to give them your full attention for the full 60 minutes. Aaron Rodgers, without a doubt. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Yeah, what, just tell – what is it like playing Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, what's Rogers? it like trying to defend that guy? Man, the guy's like Houdini out there, man. When you think you have him, when you think you got it defended, he's, he runs around and he's not one of those quarterbacks that run around and just – Lob passes up. He's running around and he's throwing dimes. I mean, some of the passes that you see this guy throw on film, it's even more amazing when you get to watch him in person. Right. Now, you picked off one of those passes. You're going to put that up on the mantle? You're getting it framed? You're going to get it signed? What are you thinking? Hey, I'm, I'm going to need to get it signed and give it to KK Short because he's the reason why I was able to pick uh, that pass off because he got we- a lot of pressure on Aaron and Aaron understood that it was fourth down, so he had to just throw the ball up, and he threw it right to me. We do ballers of the week, which we do like lesser-known offensive and defensive linemen. K1, oh, my gosh, he's been a regular on our podcast. The dude is balling right now. It's kind of like helped change your defense having a guy like that up front. Oh, man, definitely. Um, He's doing what we expected from him all along. You know, him and Starla Tulele. Those guys, they they allow me and Luke to really go out and do the things that you've been able to see us do because they demand so much attention up front, and, you know, it just really allows us to free flow. All right, last question, and then you can get out of here and enjoy your day. I know it's Tuesday, player day off. You don't want to talk to us, that's for sure. Uh, I want to ask about that that last play against Aaron Rodgers. Were you guys expecting that play? Because when I watched it, it looked like – your guys were trying. Your corners were trying to switch it off, but then they ended up getting tangled and falling down. Did you guys talk about it a little bit before the timeout, as far as what play to expect that they might do something like that? Yeah, our coaches did a great job of letting us know, you know, what to expect in those situations, in kind of a uh, have to have it situation or uh, a two point play situation, and that that was the play that they ran. And um, unfortunately, it ended up being a corner and a safety. They ended up running the. T- to each other and not two corners, um, which I'm pretty sure they would have done a much better job if it would have been two corners over there. But we worked well as a team, and and KK got enough pressure on Aaron to where he couldn't see the open guy, and that's how you win football games. Yeah, I I got one last one before I let him go. Is Aaron Rodgers doing this by himself right now? Because I don't see any help for him. I don't know about that. Now, he has some weapons on that offense for sure. I mean, James Jones, since he's been back, he's been playing extremely well. If you look at Randall Cobb, that guy's a weapon to beat you at any time. And um, Starks, I feel like in their backfield, is playing as well as any back in the league. All right. I was, I right. was hoping you'd, you'd, you'd bat off <laughs> a little bit. You never know. Hey. All right. We'll let you enjoy your Tuesday. Thanks for taking my spleen again. Jeez. <laughs> I apologize, but you guys have a good day. Hey, we're rooting hey, for you. Good you luck, too, man. man. Uh, right. Awesome. And what I love the most is what he's doing today. I know. From the car, he wasn't gonna. He's if, still gonna go on his go day. Go on YouTube, look up Thomas Davis. He won Man of the Year last year. His speech was unbelievable. He called a call to action with all the players in the NFL, pretty much saying, "We have this opportunity to to change our communities and be better people. This is not who we are." Right. And the fact that he's out there at Salvation Army on a Tuesday on a non bye week, 
is crazy. It's crazy. That's the kind of guy he is, though. It's all I've ever heard about him. Uh, I like that he apologized. For I know, which was not clean. necessary. I mean, I know it's the price of doing business. I do think it's interesting too. There, he's the wrong guy about you know. First of all, he's so respectful. He's not going to say anything about the, I pack, know, the, I the Packers' weapons. Yeah. But also, they're one team that they don't want to hear about the complaints of the quarterback not having weapons around him. Uh, You're just, absolutely you know, right. So they're probably You're like, he pays. Right. Randall Cobb's better than any receiver we got. Fendrick, did you listen to any of that or no? No, I I always listen to it afterwards. Was it good? It was, good. It was good. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I liked. It. I love that he did it on the. The picture was amazing on the cell phone, just holding it there. Technology I love that his entire days, face really, took out the box. It's impressive. Technology is going in the right direction. Yeah, can you believe it? Right. All right. Um, one other guy that is going to be playing this week, or he just got signed to a roster, uh, is something that I know Sims is a little bit upset with. Uh, Wes Welker being signed to the St. Louis Rams. I think we were kind of wondering, is he ever going to get picked up? Who would do this? Uh, we see Stedman Bailey gets busted for right. marijuana, four-game suspension. St. Louis goes out and signs Wes Welker. Who knows how much he's going to play in the upcoming games? But your thoughts on Wes Welker being back in the NFL? Well, one, I don't understand the fit totally. I mean, they already have that type of guy in Tavon Austin, the quick slot type guy. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I really am. I'm disappointed because I like Wes Welker. Uh, and really where he is at in his life, his career. I know he's had more than – look it up. What's it been, three concussions, maybe more? Uh, it's probably a lot more than that, really. Well, uh, he wears the huge helmet. He wears the huge helmet, and I really do – I wish he wouldn't play anymore. He's had a phenomenal career, and I do like him as a person being around. Are not, you afraid for him? I am a little bit afraid for him, and I do think it's kind of the NFL's duty, the organization's duty – to like protect him from himself. Guys like Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, they're a little crazy, period. That's why they're small and they play the slot and they run over the middle with no fear and they get yeah. their heads knocked off at sometimes uh, with, no, with you know, no abandon for their body. Uh, so, yeah, I am a little concerned about that. Uh, I'm surprised that they did sign him uh, because, really, he's just one side of the head hit and it's going to be on IR for the year and they're going to have to pay him. You're afraid for his health, but also if there's one team that runs an offense that isn't going to get the ball to the receivers. Exactly. I mean, we watched the Rams on Sunday and they ran a reverse like 14 times. <laughs> I mean, yes. I don't... I, it's just, it's a freight. What is he going to give to you that's worth right. the rest it's of his life? It's not a passing offense that can use a slot receiver like a New England or the New Orleans Saints. I yeah. mean, we, that's not what they are. So, yeah, I don't understand that signing. Uh, but, uh, man, Wes, protect yourself. That's all I say. It's scary stuff. I played man. against Wes. You know, he's at Texas Tech when I was at Texas. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, through the NFL. I mean, he's a phenomenal guy. He's a lot of fun, really cool. Please protect yourself. All right, let's do Ballers of the Week. We're going to make it quick this week. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, so give me those beautiful drum beats really quick. Uh, I'm going to do my Offensive Lineman of the Week is Dennis Kelly, Offensive Lineman for the Eagles. Gets forced into play tackle, has to go against Greg Hardy for yeah. a good part of the game. We're not talking about Greg Hardy. No. No sacks. Didn't really do anything. Right. Uh, my defensive lineman, Louisville guy, Lorenzo Malden for the New York Jets, played less than 20 snaps, but two of those were sacks, and they're going to need a lot of them. I saw he was featured in the New York Times about his foster care right. upbringing. But getting the production like that was great. Also give a shout-out to Lamar Houston. Yeah, big Lamar Houston. Hook them horns, baby. Uh, my guy is left tackle Anthony Costanzo, Indianapolis Colts. Always, we always sit here and talk about how bad that offensive line is. Yes. Uh, it's not as bad as people say. And the other thing, did he did a phenomenal job. Demarcus Ware, Shaquille Barrett, Von Miller. Yeah. Uh, truly phenomenal, protecting Andrew Luck. Uh, and then my defensive uh, stud of the week is Linvel Joseph. 
uh, Minnesota Vikings. The job he did at D-Tackle, stopping Todd Gurley and company, uh, I watched that film yesterday, Monday, yeah. uh, you were in the room. He was phenomenal in that game, all over the field. Uh, he really has made a got a second win to his career. Yes. I thought his career was going to be over when he left the Giants, and he's having two so- a second year in a row solid up in Minnesota. Uh, my OC of the week, I'm going Hugh Jackson just because I thought the timing of the Muhammad Sanu play was perfect. Right. And, and look, I know it's the Browns, but I think he's getting a good way of using all the pieces each week and keeping teams on their toes. Definitely. My defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, New England Patriots. Matty Pate. There's just something about destroying a team. And that they literally can't get anything functioning. Matt Jones couldn't get anything going. The passing offense. Right. And when you have Deshaun Jackson, you know, sitting there going, oh, I can't throw myself the ball either. You've really just stopped the team. I'm just so sick of hearing that excuse, too. I can't yeah. throw myself. You, you, he's only played one game. I mean, it's, it's not that easy. He's a bum. Um, oh, okay. Uh, my OC of the week is, of course, Rob Chazinski. What yes. he did for the Indianapolis Colts, especially getting named OC. That's hard enough. To make that adjustment, build the game plan, then call the plays on Sunday. That's the one thing I love about Chud. Uh, Chud, as they call him, <laughs> did you know that? Chud is the one thing I like about so that with Pe- uh, compared to Pep Hamilton. I do think Chud is a better. He ties plays together better. He's a better play caller. Not that he has anything different in his offense, but his ability to maybe run a certain run play and then tie the play-action pass yes. with it off of it. I think there's something to be said about that. I know I'm taking too long. And then Eric Mangini, the Mangenius, resurfaces up in San Francisco. Great job by him slowing down that Atlanta Falcons football team. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, Matt Ryan threw for 300 yards, but yes. what did Devontae Freeman have, like 12 yards rushing or yes. something like that? Yep. So that was a phenomenal job by them and getting the big win, especially after benching Kaepernick. All right, look, we know that uh, when it comes to coaches, Sean Payton's one of those guys offensively that is really dialing it up right now. The Saints offense the last two weeks, super clear. I mean, really three weeks, Drew Brees is looking really great. Right. But I'm still seeing stories every single week that Sean Payton likely won't be in New Orleans. Sean Payton's going to be gone. Uh, you've met, you've known Sean Payton. If uh, you played on a team that he was a no, coach? No, never, just in passing. But you know what he's about. Right. One, why do you think all these rumors are coming out right, right. now? And how high on the list should he be for teams for guys you should go after? Well, I think the rumors are true. I do think, we're, you know, Sean Payton's from the Bill, Bar- Bell, uh, Bill Parcells coaching tree, right? I mean, Bill was the king of, you know, this is kind of getting stale here. Let me move mm. on and start something fresh. Yes. I think it might have just hit that point with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, yeah, and I think another big-time comment, you heard the Saints last week that they would probably grant him the opportunity to talk to other football teams. So that tells me that there's some odds within the yeah, organization. how bad must it be if the team's coming out and saying Yeah, there that. must be something there. They must know that he's not happy, and the fact that he's not happy, they're not happy either. Who knows what it is? I, I do think the one thing you've got to look at with that football team, too, is you know they just have not done a very good job with the salary cap the past few years, uh, whether it be giving Jarius Bird is yes. doing nothing for them with a ton of money. Uh, there's been some other ones yeah, as well. Yeah, I looked up their other big signings. Right. Ben Grubbs, Zach Strife, uh, Broderick Bunk. They really haven't brought in a big-name free agent in a while, and they've kind of and spent money on a bunch of those guys. some of those guys aren't doing anything, right. Curtis, Junior Gallette is not Curtis in there. Lofton was a big signing, exactly. too. Um, so you think it's, it might be the groceries part of Bill Sells? Without a doubt. I mean, yes, the, he, the, the groceries are not good down there in New Orleans right now. I mean, that's what, we can get on Sean Payton, Rob Ryan, all we want. But I think most people in the NFL would look at that roster and go, oh, that's definitely one of the maybe five worst rosters in football. And that does right. not fall on Sean Payton. Uh, I, thought, I think Sean Payton, in my mind, 
I mean, he's got to be top candidate if, if he decides to go somewhere else this year. I think he is a phenomenal football coach in general. His teams are always tough. Yeah. He's a mad scientist as far as game planning, creativity, and he runs the football. That's the one thing people don't realize about Sean Payton. He runs it. It might not always be successful, but he's going to run it to keep the play action alive. Uh, I think the I think I can really see it happen in Miami. I think that is a legit you think possibility. Miami could be a legit. Possibility. I do. If they decide to move on from Dan Campbell, there's a lot of the Bill uh, Bill Parcells coaching tree down there. Yeah, Tannenbaum's Bill's there. Right. Well, he was, but Tannenbaum's there. Who, no, of I mean, course, like, I think he's living in Florida. Oh yeah, I'm sure he is. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I could certainly see that happening. And honestly, if if the Indianapolis Colts and Chuck Pagano part ways. I can guarantee you Sean Payton will be in that conversation. Sean Payton with Andrew Luck. Jim Irsay, one thing I'll say is he's been smart with drafting some quarterbacks and he realizes he needs them to succeed. I would not be shocked if we saw Sean Payton up there. I really wouldn't be. All right, now we've been waiting for weeks to get to some Twitter questions. Apparently, Fendrick has a bunch. What do you got oh, for us, Oh, the old Fendi? Twitter. Mother Hen, how yes, are you today? Doing work on the podcast. We've gotten, we've gotten a bunch of good questions over the last couple of weeks. We haven't done this in a while, so I thought it was time. So the first one I wanted to ask you guys, this is from Greg Miller at G Miller Time. He said, off topic but serious question, can either one of you even grow facial hair? The hell with you, G. Miller. Uh, yeah, I can. It's a little stubble. You got a problem with that? No. I can. I shave it for the podcast. I do a little <laughs> thing for the podcast. I would. I look. I could you grow I'd, a beard though? Like you can make a beard. Yeah, I could. It gets. Yeah, I could grow one. Yeah, I could not. Greg Miller. He Dean is Miller a patchy time. guy. Yeah. Like he'll get like the patches here and then like smooth. Right. Mine's coming in full now. I I could be a hairy dude if I let it get out of hand. Yeah. I promised Greg on Twitter I would get to that one, so I just wanted to do that one quickly. That's a good question, Greg. Uh, friend of the podcast, Mark Bajan at Double O Seven Sports. Question for you, Chris. Does having skilled offensive players make a defense better just by practicing against them every week and vice versa for defense versus offense? That is a very good question, actually. And, yes, it definitely does. Uh, I, I think that's something that, uh, honestly, I learned right in my college days at Texas. I, I, I almost took that to the pros. I always tell people, you heard Thomas Davis actually say it when he said, you know, making the adjustment from safety to linebacker, it's about the linemen. They're bigger and faster. Uh, I went to Texas I was fine with the skill position transition. We had guys like Quinton Jammer, you know, covering Roy Williams and, yeah. and Michael Griffin at safety. So that yeah. speed didn't jump out to me. But, it, yes, it did make them better to be able to compete against each other. Uh, and it certainly will make both sides. Yes, vice versa, either way you want to put it. So what happens when you have one side of the ball that is a lot better than the other side of the ball in practice? Yeah, it can be a little – it can be – yeah, you have to sometimes – I think that's part of the head coaching job is to make sure, hey, we're not out here to annihilate our own defense and make them feel worse about themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's got to be some little give and take where, hey, we're calling this play. It's funny now that we say it out loud. You know who we saw in training camp right. tour that I think one side benefited the other? Right. The Oakland Raiders. Sure. I think that Oakland Raiders D-line, when we went there, and Cam can attest to us, when they were doing short yardage drills, right. the D-line won every single time. Right. That's got to toughen up the offensive line. The Raiders' offensive line has been a pleasant surprise. It's getting going, far. yeah. So you got to think one, one side will help the other side. It definitely then will. Then you think of the 49ers and just those monsters. Well, and, and like, like Gruden, we used to script for success, right? And like Derek Brooks used to get mad. Like, oh, Gruden asked for that coverage so you could throw that completion there. Yeah, maybe we did, but also I think we play into their hand too at times where you know Gruden might call a play where they kind of expecting it because he's told them, hey, you guys got to work on defending this play, right? And then we call it into that defense, and yeah. they're like, oh look, we're getting our problems fixed. Gotcha. Whatever. Gruden was in your meeting. He told you guys that crap. <laughs> 
All right, and then the last question we have, which is the one that I've been most excited for. Sure. Uh, Mike Barr, at Seahawk Scout, another friend of the podcast. Always. Uh, this is a two-part Twitter question. So he said, first, finally caught up, caught up on the podcast. I've been slacking, boys. Question, <laughs> what team's position group would you want to be a part of right now? And then he followed up with another tweet. He said, for example, the Cowboys offensive line, the Legion of Boom, the Broncos linebackers, the Pats tight end so you could party with Gronk. Right. So he wants to know what team's position group would you want to be a part of? Okay, I'm, I'm pulling my computer just so I can look at teams as we do it, just so I can have uh, – I mean, the first one that jumps to my head would be the Denver secondary. I think that would be a pretty cool group. I mean, Aqib Tlaib. We're talking TJ. about just hanging out with them. Oh, is he talking hanging or playing? Hanging out or playing. You guys can okay. go wherever you want. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, man, Denver might be both because I, I you know, I, I know Akeem. Akeem's a lot of fun on and off the field. Uh, that would be a group that would be pretty exciting to be a part of. They talk trash. They're aggressive. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a bunch of nerds over there either. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be one that jumps to my head. I'm going to look at some others. I mean, I, I doubt, just from talking to Thomas Davis, I just, I would want to, I, I would not fit in with Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley for right. multiple reasons. One, because they're extremely focused and detail-oriented, and I'm kind of a weirdo slacker. But they're very impressive to me, and I would want to see the way they work. Right. Um, Legion of Boom would be really cool. I've Richard yeah. Sherman's my number one athlete that yeah, I want to talk to. Yeah, I know. You get very excited he, about um, him. I'm just fascinated by him. Right. I think he's got an interesting brain, and I'd like to see him. I'd like to see the true dynamic of Cam Chancellor. Right. What is it like when Cam Chancellor walks in the room? Yeah. Do people straighten up? Do they change? Is he like the big brother? Like, right. I want to see what that's like. And then right now I'd like to be in the San Francisco 49ers quarterback room huh. and just enjoy how awkward that thing would be. Sounds miserable. Blaine Bortles. Uh, yeah, what? that's, that's Blaine a... Gabbard. <laughs> Blaine Bortles. That's the worst uh, Another one. I, that's how I know I'm, I love DBs. Arizona Cardinals secondary. Oh, yeah. Patrick Peterson, Honey Badger. Uh, Honey Badger don't care. I love saying that. <laughs> uh, I would love to be around that group right there. And then there was one other one that was kind of interesting to me. Oh, maybe the Jets or Raiders defensive lines. To know you're going to walk on the field and just be like, man, we are some big, bad MRFers. Yes, uh, MRFers. I didn't, say, see that? I didn't even swear. You like that? Yeah. Uh, he gave me a thumbs up. That would be kind of cool. To, to know mm. you're just indestructible. Like, what's it like to be Khalil Mack and be 260 and just be like, oh, you're 330 pounds. Let me hold you here with this arm, and I'll make the tackle with this arm. That amazes me. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, there are so many different ones. Um, Wide receiver room in Pittsburgh would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. See, we're just turning into the best units. Let's get Nelson in here. Nelson, bring bring your bring your sexy body in here. Okay, it's on. Okay, it's on. Ooh, cool entrance music. Hey, Nelson. Yeah, I can't hear it. What is yeah. it? Uh, it's like oh. a trick daddy. That's what it kind of sounds. Take like. it to the house. That's what we do. Um, we're talking about positional groups. What are some cool positional groups? That you have out there, um, I'm the Oregon oh, State oh, bullpen. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, we talking like my favorite positional group or like interesting NFL. ones in the, the National Black Football Blackhawks third you would line be in there with. Yeah, you're trolling me. I've been here for the Oregon gonna... State bullpen. Bullpen, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, or former Oregon State wide receivers is interesting. Um, what have you guys hit on? I literally I just walked in. Um, so what do you guys hit on? I don't want to repeat I don't content. Remember. Okay. I don't know. Just you know that's just, why we got Josh. He'll edit yeah. it out and make it look like we were normal. Okay. You yeah. can do that. You want to go on down low with me? Let's, oh, I do. I always right. want to be down St. St. Louis D-line would be cool, too. Definitely. Yes. Is that Steven Nelson? Spin that. I want Other, this. It's spinning. Give it to me. Give it to you. Gatorade bath, anyone? <laughs> 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 I could say that was a straight face. Yeah. 
One of the more popular sports celebrations, I would say. Started by the 1986 New York Giants, so you know. However, Sims, right. things went terribly wrong last week. Oh, I saw this video. And we are going to show it to the viewers of the Sims and Left Field podcast. I just saw it quickly, so I've never really watched it. A high school football game, team on the field with their coaches. Right. Recapping their victory. Two boys grab Gatorade coolers, run toward the team to douse them in Gatorade. One boy loses control of the cooler and dumps it, the cooler, not the Gatorade, right. on the coach's head. Right. My question for you two is, name a time in which a celebratory moment went awry. Oh, well, I can give you one right away. It wasn't necessarily that, uh, I wasn't celebrating, but it was similar to that. I was in Tampa, Florida. I'm yeah. the starting quarterback. I'm at the beach with my wife. Okay. And I'm just randomly throwing seashells into the water, down the beach. There's nobody around. I'm it's just amazing. throwing them. It's a like, great, beautiful oh, this visual. this is cool. I throw one, you know, like one of those ones that's like kind of shaped like it's like you got an edge to it. Yeah. I throw one, a gust of wind comes. This thing makes a right-hand turn and hits an old man right in the head. I mean, like right on the forehead, cuts his eye open. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's probably like a 65-year-old man. No. And he looks at me and he's like, I mean, what do I say to that? What do I say? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that was really awkward. <laughs> so I you nailed it. Were you celebrating? Yeah. I told you it wasn't you just, that celebrating, but it was just, an accident you, where I actually hit some hit somebody yeah. by accident. Right. You nailed an elderly man with a seashell in Florida. Yeah. I don't know if I if I told the story on the podcast about when I thought the Eagles were going to win, they were up 17 points, and I say, oh, it's time to. Time to let, open up that victory bottle. No, I remember. You, told uh, you've told me this, yeah. I told you. Yes. I, have I done the podcast? I thought the Eagles were winning. I was like, oh, let's open up that victory bottle. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and my roommate, who was a Giants fan, heard. And then the Giants came back and won. And I heard an ambush of eight Giants fans down the street going, victory bottle, victory bottle. And they just came and they surrounded me and yelled at me for about an hour and a right, half. And, right. Uh, How did you handle that situation? I, you, you can't do anything. When yeah. you have eight Giants fans around right. you that are all your friends, and they know that you guaranteed the victory already, right. you just got to take it. What player yeah. started the Gatorade baths on the New York was Giants? Was it Harry Carson? No idea. Yeah, it was Harry Carson. Thanks. Good job. Thanks. Let it go. DJ Steinmetz, can you hear me? Because I want you to spin that shit. It's spinning. It's spinning. Can't hear. It's spinning, Steven. It's, it's, it's spinning. Think about the idiots who have celebrated and tore their ACLs. Still, that's Lamar Houston, Monday Night Football. He, so he had a couple great plays back to back. It was like Lamar, stay on the ground. Yeah, yeah. stay yeah. on the ground, and yeah. he did. Um, <clears throat> Michigan State has now been on both sides of the late game luck coin. Mm. Upset by Nebraska a couple weeks after beating Michigan. Now after the Huskers. Beat Sparty. Michigan tight end Jake Butt. <laughs> like, what are you guys, four years old? Well, he giggled. That's what I was at. Well, the reason I like it is his number is 88. Like, he looks like a butt. Right. Okay. These are scientific observations. Anyway. Go ahead. He took to Twitter and said this. I'm going to read. Quote, I knew God had our back. Lose on fluke to little bro. And that's how they had to go down. Now, that tweet was deleted. And then his younger brother, Zach, so little butt, took responsibility for the tweet. But my question for you two, as two older siblings, yes, name a time in which your younger brother ruined something for you. Ooh. 
ruined something for me. Of or of yours. Or made it hard yeah. for you or something. No, it could, okay. Ruined something. Yes. Huh. It was like you had I a favorite toy. I would say like 90% of it. the girls that I would try and talk to in front of my little brother, he would ruin that. Like he'd be like, hey, Adam, remember the time that you, you, uh, you pooped in a lake? And I'm like, what? Like, this is a grown person. Are you one of those people that, like, pisses and poops in Uh-oh. lakes? That's what you do in the ocean. You're disgusting. This is not how this conversation was supposed to you go. You brought it up. Hygiene. Yeah, but I was, I was making things. That's, that didn't really happen. I was just, like, making an exaggerated sure story. Sure, <laughs> did not happen. Guy called me flirty in front of my wife. They haven't seen that on the video they yet. They haven't seen that. that. All right, New so viewers. little bro, little Matt Sims. I mean, my sister was in between. My brother was oh. eight years younger. There's nothing he could do to disrupt me. My, my sister, I really don't know if I have a story. Your uh, brother Matt never took, like, a prize toy or no. piece of memorabilia and oh. broke it on accident? You know what? You're right. That's what he did do. He, for a seven-on-seven seven stupid high school football, football tournament, oh, no. took my f***ing... Face mask Say off it. my Longhorns helmet, and put it on somebody else's Don Bosco helmet. So now I have like a maroon helmet that doesn't even fit with my Longhorns, and it, it still pisses me off when I see it and I go back home. I'm like, damn, what was he thinking, touching my junior year Longhorn wow. helmet for his stupid seven-on-seven high school tournament? Get the hell out of here. What was the explanation that he gave you? I, I don't know. It was probably my dad. I think it was my dad too, which he's he, just as <laughs> oblivious to the world. That's amazing. Shocker. That's good. My brother, I feel like, has hoarded so many of my things. My brother's a hoarder. Like, he really? collects. Like, if, if he had a ticket from a movie, he's probably going to hold on to that ticket for, like, way too long. So, like, I feel like he's taken some of my stuff over the years, and I've, I've tried to get him back. What a ho- He's a hoarder. I could see Definitely that. Definitely a hoarder. Yes. Super hoarder. Jeez. Coupon? Is he, like, coupon free no, as well? No, no, no. Not like he that. Just, okay. he, just ha- he just doesn't throw things out. Gotcha. All right, get your next one. Let's go. Third and final question. Brett Bielma, Bielma had a Freudian slip after the Razorbacks' He's thrilling crazy. overtime victory over Ole Miss. Some would say that that Freudian slip was borderline erotic. I didn't see it. At the podium at his press conference, he said he wanted to say that he was excited and looking forward to hopping on the plane back to Fayetteville. Instead, he said, I'm looking forward to hopping on my wife. <laughs> The end of the press Which conference. Which could be true as well. Did, there wasn't a smooth landing for the press conference. Right. Let me say Ooh, that. Oh, good one. My question for you. T- oh, and by the way, I got to throw this quote in here. He was asked about the slip, and he said this quote, It slid in where it wasn't supposed to slide in. End quote. <laughs> so, Brett. He's going down a he's, deeper tunnel. He's here. just going for it. My question for you two is recall a time, or has a coach or boss ever given you. TMI, too much information. Um, a coach or a boss? Or a boss. Well, or superior. I've gotten drunk with a news director before, and mm. I learned a lot about his life um, because he was a small man, and I can handle my liquor. And he got really drunk and um, started to hit on me. Well, that's another part of the story that's a winding road. But told me his stories of trips he's taken and people he's met. And he was like, this is all trusting, right? And in my head, I'm going, you realize you're talking to the worst secret keeper in the history of the world? But I'll keep this secret. But you're freaking me out, pal. Yeah, that's a little awkward. It was, it was very awkward. Yeah, that is. Uh, I, I, I mean, 
Is it so wrong that a man says he wants to go home and have sex with his wife? No, it wasn't. It was yeah. a, the Freudian. I'm loving story. this because I'm not allowed to talk about sex on the podcast oh, or porn, point. and you've opened the door for oh, me. Thank no. you. It, it, by the uh, way, this question was Fendrick Lamar. Gruden has definitely Gruden said something. Also, the, the, I mean, Gruden's course said a lot of rude, crude things through the years. I think the one thing that jumps out to me when you just go down there, I haven't had a coach tell me, like, specific their plans at home, what they're doing with their wives. But one thing I will say with every organization I played for, uh, coaches like to splice things into their videos maybe they watch, right? So they're showing a video Saturday night at the hotel. You're getting ready to, let's just say, play the Miami Dolphins. And it's Saturday night, 9 o'clock meeting in the hotel. They're going through, hey, we want to do this, we want to do that. They show you about 20 plays. And then they might show you a picture of a naked girl just to keep you interested. Like, hey, you see that? You got that? And then he moves on to the next point. <laughs> but I haven't had any other uh, <laughs> uh, like coaches. No, Not, what, about, what about non-sexual? Have you ever gotten like a coach that's just like telling you too much about yeah. like, Well, the man, locker room's disgusting. Have you ever night. walked into a man's uh, – an NFL locker room, when the stalls are filled – I mean, it's the disgusting. The worst in this place? Yes. I mean, yeah, our bathroom here is not the greatest in the world. No, it's not. But, man, when you have, like, like double-digit 300-pounders sitting on the toilet, that's a disgusting bathroom. And I that's think it's time TMI. for Week 10 you Game Picks. <laughs> <laughs> Fendrick Lamar is that enough. By the right, way, I'd like to give a round of applause for Chris for the first time not crossing the line. That was great. Hey, great. Handled it tastefully. Great. I don't know if we have a round of applause sound effect, but good I'd job. like to shoot all you the middle finger until I kiss it. Let's go. Week uh, 10 game picks. To recap, week 9, you guys both went 4-1, and one, so you split. Lefko maintains oh. a three-game lead Thank on Sim. Thank game and again in the ground. Yeah. Uh, so first game this week, guys, the Chicago Bears oh, coming baby. off a victory yep. at St. Louis. Mm. Lefko, you have the honor still. Honestly, out of all these, I think this is the hardest one. This is a tough one. Because I think Chicago has the better quarterback. I think St. Louis has the better running game. Um... St. Louis's offense was so bad against Minnesota that it's like hard to really pick them, but their defense is so good. And I think it's at St. Louis. I'm going to go with Gurley at home. I'm going to go with St. Louis, but I, I think it's going to be super, super close. Yeah, I'm going with the Rams. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough, a tough. It's a tough game for Chicago. Yeah, Especially I do coming think Chicago can win that game. Coming back, I mean, they probably landed back in Chicago at six five a.m. Yeah, this yeah. morning. So, uh, uh, yeah, I got to go with St. Louis. I just I need to reiterate, St. Louis's offense was so bad against Minnesota. Yes, it's like, bad every week. It's just we've been fooled by a long Todd Gurley run every game. We go, oh, that was cool. I will say this: Are you willing to take back that you've always said that Alshon Jeffrey is a number two wide receiver and say he's number one now? He has been. He's has, he's been unbelievable. He's been really good. Yeah, um, yeah he's he might you be. You used a, to say he was only number two. Yeah. Um, no, I'm. I'm still going to say he's a number two. I am. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I because I, I asked him the other day because I was like as a Bears fan, I'm like Sims. How is it? How has it even been a topic of discussion whether or not this team would bring back Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah. You're going to rely on Kevin White coming back from a broken no, leg and Eddie Royal? No, you got to bring him back. And he, and Sim said, you said what? He's going to ask for number one money. Yeah, that would be it. And they might and give it to him because of the Kevin White thing. Could be, yeah, he's a fringe number one. He's having a great year yeah, he's not because the they're injured. Right, and he's got a great. He's got the best offensive coordinator he's ever been around in his career to this point too. So they're they're designing plays for him. And Jay Cutler's playing as good as he ever ever has in his career as well. Game number two for you. Yeah. Minnesota at Oakland. Right. Um, 
Man, we, we don't even know what the status for Teddy Bridgewater is yet, do we really? Looking like he's going to play. He's looking like he's going to play, uh, which I think is really weird because he got knocked out, and yet all of a sudden he passed the concussion protocol. You think he faked it. Well, it makes me question whether he really got knocked out. He laid there with his eyes closed. That's all I know. Um, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I'm taking the Oakland Raiders at home. Okay. I don't like the way they handled the, the Steelers game, but I, I was as equally unimpressed with Teddy Bridgewater. Sure. And I, I think Charles Woodson's going to pick him off twice. <clears throat> Nothing says get your passing game going better than playing the Oakland Raiders secondary. New England at Giants. Let's go. New England. <clears throat> yeah, New England. Come on. Arizona at Seattle, Sims. Uh, Arizona at Seattle. Ooh, this is a really tough game. Really tough game. Whew. Arizona's the better football coming team. Coming off the bye. Yeah, coming off the bye. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. I just playing it simple. I think they're the better football team mm. altogether. Uh, yeah, and I think they'll have a few tricks up their sleeves with Bruce having a little extra time. Um, I, there, every part of my being wants to take Seattle at home after a bye as they start their like road to redemption the second half. But at the same time, Arizona, Seattle's offense is the weakest unit by far out of those four. Like it's, it's like Arizona offense, Arizona defense, Seattle defense, and then a huge gap, and then Seattle offense. And I just think if one phase of the game is that bad and Arizona's going to be solid the whole game, I, I, just, I have too much faith in Bruce Arians to not let his team go in there and get shellacked. Boy, Tyler might take one to the house, though. And, Tyler Lockett's and, a beast. And stick it to you. Uh, last but not least, finish up with the Eagles, as we always do, hosting Miami. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, i, I, I got to go Philadelphia as well. I just Again, I think they are the better football team. Uh, one thing that's going to be interesting uh, that, that I have liked watching, at least, is, is Philadelphia. I'm interested to see that film against the Cowboys. Can they continue to run the ball on people? Uh, this Miami front four is a little different animal than they were earlier in the year. It's going to be a nice matchup. Uh, watch out how good Ryan Tannehill is, though. He's been very good this year. I'm picking Philly, though. Lamar Miller's rolling as well. So yeah. one difference, uh, that would be the Minnesota-Oakland game. Right. So Damn, I really want to pick Seattle. No. It's your podcast. You do what you want. Not doing it. Not okay. doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do it. You're Stop. Not, I think if you I mean, let not, him pick them first, I mean, he, I, when once I, he hears me go Arizona, when I think about he, Lefko, he changes. Well, I'm up for If I said Seattle, he would have gone Seattle. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I look at that worse. game, Arizona at Seattle and Lefko, maybe, but I just come back to it. He won't. He won't. He won't. All right, how are we closing this thing off? Yeah, Josh, right. you know what? I just thought of something. Josh, sum up the podcast. Take him to the Twitter page, and uh, why don't you close this out for us, Josh? Pretty right, good podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, at Sims and Lefko. Chris, thank you for keeping things tasteful and appropriate throughout the entire episode. Shut um, up. I feel pretty good about things. Shut up. And, Adam, I'm going to toss this back to you to say goodbye to everyone. All right, Nelson, hit him with the shoots. Shoots, brother. Okay, really quick, what is shoots, brother? Well, okay, so here's the thing. You could say shoots in a couple different contexts. It's like shoots, like you agree. And this is Hawaiian. Yeah, it's pigeon. Uh, pigeon. P-I-D-G-I-N. Hmm, shoots. And yeah. So tell me what shoots. Shoots, shoots den is like, if you say shoots den, it's like agreement. It's like, all right. Shoots or den. shoots is agreement. Shoots den is like, all right. All right. Yeah. Peace out, homies. Shoots den. Uh, <laughs> Pellegrino, let's see that wedding ring, bro. Oh, baby. Oh, Mrs. Pellegrino. <laughs> hey. She like it the way your fingers look. Control. <laughs>
That's going to work. Right, Cam? I don't know what to say. She liked the way your fingers look. I don't know. You All don't right. even know the movie reference, do you? No, what is it? You don't know that? Nobody knows no, that movie I know reference. It. He knows, see? No, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, what's I the name can't of say what's it on here. It's going to get edited out. What's the name of the movie? Oh, I don't know the name. I know what you're referencing. Is okay. she like it? Yeah. yeah. Right. At Sims and Lefko, uh, subscribe to iTunes and hit us up She's on Twitter at Sims and Lefko. We're doing Twitter questions. Things. We had a few good ones, of course. Beige and Seahawks gal, thank you so much. Next week, 39. 39. Start thinking of your 39s. You know what? Submit some on Twitter and we'll read them out. Number 39, who's the best one? Let us know. Sims and Lefko, we're out. It's the movie Seth Rogen gets Katherine Heigl pregnant. Oh, knocked up. Hey.